from. And I feel like that's really important. I have a lot to offer and, you know, I can help you move better uh, if you let me. Uh, and I think that is the job of the coach. The coach is not there to just say, like you said, count down the clock and tell you you have five more minutes in class. Um, it's a performance. And I am here to give you that performance. And I want to enrich your life. That's what I want you to do. I want to enrich your life. And if you tell me like, this is, I don't really want to get better at CrossFit. I'll back off, but I'm still going to make sure that you keep the integrity of the standard of my gym and the movement itself. But for the most part, people really welcome the corrections. And I mean, it's not for everybody. Some people want to be left alone and it's probably not going to be a good place for them at our gym. Uh, only because like, I want to be involved in your life. I'm going to talk to you about your kids. I'm going to ask you how whatever event was um, that you did uh, earlier in the week. I'm going to try to remember that thing because I want you to feel important. And ultimately, that's what it is. Uh, everyone deserves to feel important. Hi, my name is Scott Switzer and I am the Clydesdale. My friends, Amy Radowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear, love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus Masters Age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. So we're coming off the excitement of last week giving away our first original RX Smart Gear jump rope as part of our hashtag road to a thousand. Um, so that is awesome. And we want to tell you that we are already 10 subscribers into the next hundred. And so we want to keep that momentum rolling. Let's go. And this is how you can become um able to win a brand new customized RX Smart Gear jump rope. And that is one, subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Two, make sure that that account is public so that we can see your name. And three, share with everybody you know or tag your friends in a post that we may make about it so that we can get to that next level as quickly as possible. Yeah, easy enough, easier. right? Easy. Yep. Free stuff. Free stuff. And our one's already gone out the door. So we, uh, we're ready to give away a lot more because we want to get to that thousand so that by next CrossFit season, we can start uh, doing a little more fun and uh, remote location type stuff with the podcast. And we want to thank RX Mark here. They have been an awesome partner. Uh, we couldn't have asked for a better sponsor and partner to this podcast. They are awesome. And uh, it is the holiday season. If you want to buy one of your loved ones a jump rope, easy peasy, go on rxmarkhere.com. You can customize it, get the colors, the, the patterns that you like, and you can get 15% off by typing Clydesdale15, all caps, at checkout. Uh, and that gets you 15% off everything in the store except for new releases and special editions. And now off to this week's episode. Hey, Hello. Becca. Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. So we are really laid back. We just have a conversation. Um, this is my co-host, Amy. Hi there. Hi, Amy. And I'm Scott. Um, I'm the Clydesdale. Awesome. And uh, <laughs> so we're just going to like have a chat with you. Um, get to know you a little bit better, uh, even though you've been around uh, the sport for almost since its inception. Uh, so the record's already going. And uh, for our audience, we are with Becca Voigt-Miller. 
Uh, she is a 13-time games participant. Um, I don't know how that math exactly works. Maybe 12 or 13. Uh, you qualified this <laughs> year, but there was no games held for the Masters, yeah. uh, which was kind of a bummer. So um, let's just start there, and then we'll kind of go back in, in time. Uh, so COVID hits. It's a crazy year. You finished fourth in the age group online qualifier. Uh, you're going to go to your 13th games, and everything just stops. Yeah. Yep, it just stops. I know. It's one of those funny things where I was actually just the other day, I was like, wait, is this my third time? Did I make it to the games this year? And I really, <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I feel gr great that I was able to um, participate in the uh, age group qualifier. Uh, I don't really hold that one as a qualification. I did qualify for the games, but I mean, most people, there was a lot of people that couldn't participate just because of COVID and shutdowns with gyms in other countries at that time. Um, so yeah, it's been a very interesting year. And uh, for me, I thought life would slow down and that's not the case. Life, life has definitely sped up. I can't believe we're in October. Yeah, I, um, I actually met you this year for the first time uh, mm -hmm. at the Mayhem Classic. And uh, you, you really did well there. Um, that was a pretty stacked field and you were in that final heat the whole way, the whole way through the weekend. Yeah, I was actually pleasantly surprised with um, all of that just because I was still coming off of an injury and um, even though I was able to participate in the games that year, um, just things were not all the way where they should be and I'm still really trying to get everything back to uh, where I was before the injury, but um, I'm very happy with the Mayhem Classic. There was definitely things that I had been working on, like running, that really did pay off there, um, so that was good. Uh, I really hope that we can go back to that competition, you know, in the coming, I guess, years maybe, <laughs> um, but yeah, I do remember meeting you uh, at Mayhem Classic, and it was really, it was a fun event. They did a really great job. Yeah, I, I work security for the event, and it was the best event I've ever been to. Um, just so intimate and fun to get to see you guys that up close and personal, and it really uh, kind of brought the the action right to you. Mm -hmm. And they ran it so well, too. It they was did. definitely like a games caliber type of an event in that regards. Um, definitely, there was no like delay. Yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised with that. Uh, this isn't even in my notes, but they had that the TVs with the rep counters. Did you guys mm -hmm. ever see those when you were actually working out, or was it something so new that you didn't even think to look at it? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely not something that was on my radar, although I don't even think it was working. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't working that whole <laughs> most of that weekend. Well, that, um, that so. hellacious, the storms, right? the hellacious thunderstorm yeah. that came through on Saturday that started to flood the place yeah definitely that was uh <laughs> that was pretty gnarly yeah um, but they also that's the same thing like they also handled that very well it wasn't anything that was just you were kind of like i don't know where to go you knew exactly where you could go and kind of like they switched gears really well so i guess my question and we'll finish up this year and then move move on to other stuff but <laughs> what was it your intention to, to do some more sanctionals and try to compete in the open division at the games? Yeah. Uh -huh. So um, I was going to be doing the West Coast Classic, which uh, was a, I think it was a week and a half. We were going to, the event was set to go a week and a half prior to that. Uh, they shut us down. And then that's when everything kind of like came to a huge halt. Um, so yeah, that was, I was really looking forward to um, going to that one, I definitely thought my chances of uh, qualifying were high, um, and so that was a bummer, but then it's also one of those things where I haven't had a year off in 13, 14 years, so to have a little bit of a t time to step back was uh, not the worst thing in the world, but yeah, I definitely want to try to qualify again for the next year. Um, but we'll see how everything really transpires. Awesome. So, so you mentioned your injury um, and we all, you know, followers on Instagram saw your, your video of your injury. 
Um, so I think if I'm remembering correctly, you caught a clean wrong um, and uh, damaged your hand and had to have surgery. Can you kind of just fill in some gaps with us there on, on how that um, recovery is going? And Yeah, um, yeah, that's very correct. Uh, I caught a clean wrong. It was for the team series um, and I caught a clean that just it looked like a regular fail but my hands got caught on my legs and so i unfortunately broke my hand on my right side and i basically had a spiral fracture on my left uh, pointer index finger um and so yeah being casted on both hands was uh interesting and pretty terrible uh and that was in 2018 so that's right right at the end of 2018 so i had a few different surgeries um, the, I had a plate put into my right hand and that really pretty much fixed it very quickly. So being able to use my right hand um, really did happen uh, very quick. I wish I would have had the same injury on my left hand because then I had a, a whole slew of problems with my finger. Uh, the doctor that I first originally went to it just didn't set correctly. And so I had to go to another uh, hand specialist and then we did another uh, round of casting because the bone just would not heal. So that was like four or five months of casts, just in and out of casts because the bones were just taking their sweet time to uh, get back to a hardened state. And then I had a good couple months of no injuries. Everything was coming back. I was able to use my hands. Uh, and then I was in physical therapy for uh, just some shoulder issues that I was having because of the hand. And then I broke my fingertip. And so, <laughs> yeah, so that was another like uh, three months of just waiting for that to heal in that same finger. Um, and I got cleared maybe three or four months ago. And so now everything is in working order, knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> and training is starting to ramp up. I actually uh, switched programmers. So it's just like a whole new year and a whole new opportunity to kind of work on my weaknesses and get better. So it's been, yeah, it's been an interesting ride since this injury, but it's definitely not something that I can't navigate. I've had injuries throughout my career, uh, definitely not because of CrossFit, but because of stupid things that uh, I didn't take care of or just uh, trying to uh, go a little bit too fast and not uh, focus on my technique. So um, that's one of the big uh, takeaways for me is just kind of slow down. And if something's not right, maybe get that better first. <laughs> well, you know, as a coach, and actually 2018 was a rough year for me as far as injuries. I had two uh, knee surgeries, but I remember oh, wow. at the time thinking like, wow, it's just one joint in my body. There's so many different things I can train and do. And now I'm trying to imagine you having two casts on your hands and, and figuring out, okay, I guess ride the bike, uh, you know, legs only or lots of squatting and, and that kind of thing. So, oh yeah, there was a lot of creativity. Sam Briggs was sending me workouts that she did when she was uh, rehabbing her shoulder. So there was a lot of lower body stuff. Um, yeah, I got, I got very creative. I was pushing sleds with my shoulders, just like bear hugging um, but yeah, if you, I mean, you're a coach, so you totally know that you just, for all of my clients, it's like, you just need to come to the gym and we'll figure out what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, I don't want you to stop coming just because you have an injury. We can work around that. It's going to be a lot of trial and error, but yeah, I have a lot of books on, uh, many lower body or arms <laughs> take no arm workouts. Sure. So. So I think what's miraculous is you've had a long career with no injury that kept you from the games. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it was either luck of timing in the year or you just never had an injury so severe. Now that hand injury looked rough. Uh, yeah, that was, that one was really rough. And also because the open was in October, um, I actually didn't think I was going to be able to complete the open 
And then it was like the first week of the open. I think it was rowing and wall balls. And I was like, oh, okay, I can do this RX. And this is something that I've kind of been doing. Like you can just like hold the ball with just flat hands and not use your fingers or anything. Um, so I, that, that year I definitely had no um, thoughts about going to the games. I was just going to go and do the open because I'm a huge uh, fan of the open and what it does for community and what it does for people's abilities like you know you might be a superhero but when you do the open all of a sudden you realize that you just earned your cape because you did something that you've never done before and I think that's like the coolest thing ever it's the only reason why I've continued to do CrossFit it has nothing to do with my um, fitness and that uh, all that aspect it's really the people in within the community that just do things that they've never thought they could or start to feel better. Like I love changing people's perspectives and that way they can change their own life. It's just so cool. So that's what I want to kind of get into now. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to go back into like your childhood. You grew up the daughter of a USA soccer player. Uh, not a USA soccer player. No. Okay. She, no, no. I am a daughter of a, uh, immigrant German a woman and she yeah she played on a bunch of U.S. um, she came over here very early when she was uh, uh, I would say under one years old and um, she came over here she was born in a U.S. uh, military camp over in Germany Uh, my grandfather was a translator for the U.S. Army um, in Russian and German um, and she did play for a bunch of U.S. Uh, um, junior teams, so okay. she was able to kind of go all over. But she, yeah, she wasn't a U.S. soccer player um, in that regard. But she played at a very high level. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so um, I hear th- the story is that you didn't want anything to do with soccer because of all of her time <laughs> with soccer. Um, it really... <laughs> Uh, it's a little bit more complex than that. Um, my childhood was in the middle of it, uh, was a little tough. And so I didn't want to be anything like my mom at that time. It was a more rebellious thing. Um, so I did not want to play soccer, even though I learned how to walk on a soccer field. Um, I have always been a better, well, back then I was a better soccer player. So I played my entire life. Um, and it was just like, I didn't want that path. I didn't, I wanted to try something different. And I was fortunately a lot taller, um, than my mom. And so I was kind of recruited by one of the elementary school basketball player, uh, coaches. <laughs> um, and so that kind of brought my path to basketball instead of, uh, soccer, um, which I'm, you know, looking back, maybe soccer would have done me a little bit better here in the CrossFit uh, arena, but it's all right. Yeah. So, but you, you translated that into a college basketball career. Yeah, uh, I did. And, um, so what position did you play? I was a power forward. Um, and I, yeah, I was very fortunate. I went to a junior college right after high school. I just didn't feel like I was ready for the full college experience. So I went to a junior college, which was very ideal for me, um, re- worked really well for me. Uh, and then I was recruited by a very tiny private school up in the Bay Area. And so I went up there for two years uh, and was able to play college basketball at a Division three school. Very cool. And so then you, you, comp- you complete your basketball career uh, after college and you're going to move into what at that point like what were you come out of college and what's next yeah that was an interesting time for me there wasn't anything really next uh I really wasn't sure what I was going to do and fortunately I had two really good friends who were like hey let's just move to San Diego and figure it out from there and so we that's exactly what we did we packed up everything two weeks after graduation and we moved down to San Diego. We found an apartment and for, I don't know, two or three months, none of us had jobs because we just couldn't find anything. We were definitely trying, 
but we had luckily my friend's dad bought us season passes to SeaWorld so we were able to do some sort of thing that was um, of entertainment and they also have a beer garden there so you got one glass of beer and (laughs) (laughs) so it was very ideal for uh, (laughs) us then and then I moved into kind of the um, mortgage banking industry and I worked in that world for I would say how long I don't know five or six years Um, and then that's where things kind of started to take a turn it was very very unique yeah all those years you've been a crossfitter i could never picture you as a mortgage banker Uh, (laughs) but but you know we all have our own path and in in your own video on your website you you talk about that 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 was kind of like a some lost years that you're just trying to figure things out and and what was that process like and what and was it crossfit that got you out of it uh, yeah, it was very, yeah. Uh, CrossFit has been huge in my life and many different parallels, but um, during that time, it was one of those things where I was completely lost. Uh, I left basketball, I had a team, I had a community, and then all of a sudden, while I still had family my, and my friends that I moved down with, that community just got much smaller. Uh, and it was a time where I didn't really know what I was doing. I was walking around 24 hour fitness, right? It's not something that I was used to. It's always been in the weight room, um, with people that were always wanting you to do better. And so when I got to this stage in life, I was just kind of like lost. I was partying a little bit too much. Um, and it just kind of was one of those things where I wasn't having the best time. Um, and then my friend who was in San Diego with me, and then we both moved away and kind of closer to our own uh, homes that we grew up at. Um, she was like, Hey, I found this gym that I'm training at and they do CrossFit. I think that you should just, uh, give it a go. And here's, uh, an event that we're going to do. It's called fight gone bad and it's for prostate cancer. So just for this next month, just practice these movements in kind of this format and then come up and visit me in the Bay Area and you'll have this event and at least it'll be something fun we can do together. And I was like, okay, why not? So here I was at 24 Hour Fitness running around like a mad woman. At this time, like CrossFit was very unknown and people were just looking at me like I was insane, and I practiced five movements, right, I was specializing, it wasn't even CrossFit, (laughs) but um, I was able to go up there for this event, and I completed Fight Gone Bad, which was awesome, I did pretty decent, Um, but what, what, what really just bowled me over was that community, that gym had already established a huge community and wow, they accepted me with open arms and they basically brought me in. Like I was, had been there my entire uh, CrossFit career, like their whole time they knew me. It was just so special. And I walked away from that weekend going, I want that so bad. Um, And I was so sore that workout left me sore for seven days. I could barely walk. I went back to my desk job and I was, they were just like, what happened to you? And I was like, I don't know, but I need more of that. And so I reached out to a few gyms and uh, one owner reached back out to me and just said, yeah, come check it out and um, just see if you really like it. And kind of from there is the history of my job or not my job, but the history of my career. I just started doing it after work. I'd go straight over. I'd train there for like a couple hours. And then one day the coach was going on vacation and he's like, Hey, I need someone to cover my classes. Would you be interested? And then, then the bug really hit. It was just like, yeah, of course I would. And I was like, Oh, I want to do this for my career. This is fun. Um, and then even moreover, like maybe a year later, I got my level one certification and I realized I wasn't supposed to be coaching without a level one certification, but that was also a very long time ago. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I went to my level one and I got to see many versions of coaching and many styles of coaching. And I was like, Oh, 
I can do this my way and I can add my flair and I can, you know, I was doing it very different before and I came back and I was able to come into my own. And then from that point on, my desk job didn't matter to me. Um, looking back, I really, really uh, regret not putting in the effort that I should have at that time. But uh, yeah, I worked for a couple more years um, at that job. And then I just started coaching more and more. And then at a certain point, that was right at 2011 is when, um, sorry, my husband's been texting me and it's too distracting. Um, in 2011 is when I took a couple months off and I was going to dedicate it to training for the games. And it was uh, one of those things when I came back, I was like, I never want to work in this desk again. Like, this is not for me. I want to be full-time coach. I want to be an athlete. And so my husband and I, well, at the time he was my boyfriend, but we talked about it and we were just discussing it. And I was like, yep, this is what I need to do. So I was fortunately, I, I did it the cowardly way, but I was laid off. Um, and so that was the push that I needed to kind of move from this part-time professional athlete to a more full-time professional athlete, which was really cool. So in those early years, you, um, you have a legendary friendship group, uh, that kind of formed and that's with Katie Hogan and, and Kristen Clever. So how did that all form and how did you guys uh, become that, that close friendship? <laughs> Uh, it's very interesting. Um, I believe, uh, I became friends with Katie first before Chris that the, oh, there's a very, it's a very tight little timeline right there. Um, but they both came into it and Chris had come in to the gym, trying out the, an actual specific CrossFit gym. Now, Chris was basically born into a 24 hour fitness she taught herself, she like submerged herself into videos and she was able to like teach herself how to do CrossFit in a 24 hour fitness. Wow. Like, and she did not care. She put the blinders on and she would do like all out workouts at 24 hour fitness and like put up some crazy times. Like she's just so good at being able to do that. And so when she decided that she wanted to try out a CrossFit gym that is dedicated to CrossFit only, um, she was already really good. And so I think I coached her first class and that was uh, pretty interesting because she brought two other friends, but she left everybody in the dust and we were just like, who are you? And so at that point it was just like, oh, well, obviously I want to get to know you because you're in our gym and you're part of the community. Um, and then from there, we just kind of started training together. Um, I was relatively good and she was really good and um it was just one of those things where uh we just you know gravitate to each other to make each other better katie hogan's a different story katie hogan was at our gym for a couple months and taking morning classes and because i was at a desk job i was only coming in the evenings and all of a sudden katie hogan comes in and all the coaches all they can say is the next Becca Voigt is here. You usually like, kept talking about it, just this girl and how phenomenal she is and strong. And she's got these amazing, strong legs. And I was just like, who the hell is this chick? And it was one of those things that after a few months, they were able to talk her into coming to a weekend class. And then they were like building her up for months. And it was one of those things where, you know, I walked in and she was there and I was like, you know what? I'm either going to hate this girl's guts or we're going to just be friends. Like we, it's got to be one or the other. And I was like, I can't love this community and then do the, the opposite. And so I was like, all right, we're going to be friends. And so I just walked up to her and said, hello. And I think I was injured at that time. And I was just like, I'm going to take you under my wing. And if you're going to be the next Becca boy, well then let's go, let's, let's make this happen. Um, and then she became, and still is, one of my best friends. Uh, we became roommates maybe a year or so later. And um, from then, we just, you know, it's just such a special friendship. It's one of those friendships that 
you know, you could leave for a year not talk to each other and you come back together and it's just like you talked yesterday. It's just so special. Um, so yeah, I don't miss that. I, I miss not, um, I miss living with her, but I know she's, uh, has a very happy life where she's at and, um, it's just so cool to be still part of her life and, and Chris Clover, um, Lindsay Valenzuela was part of that group for a while. Um, but yeah, it was all very special times. And, um, what's, what's kind of cool is in 2011, you finish third at the games and you get to stand on the podium with Chris. Mm-hmm. That was so special. Um, it was really special. I actually, 2011 is a complete blur for me um, during that games. Uh, I had really bad vertigo, um, so I don't really remember a lot of it. But uh, and, and standing on the podium is extremely special. But I remember the year before when Chris won it. And that was by far like one of my more favorite moments is just watching her stand on top of that podium because I know how hard she worked and um, she just cares so much and she cares about other people so much. It's just so cool to see her get her moment. Yeah, she was always my wife's favorite CrossFitter. She always yeah. rooted for her. So um, yeah, so, so she holds a special place in our family. Um, what's, I want to kind of go back to, the, you, there's a point where you wanted to open your own gym. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think you say in, in your video that, that the, there's something happened with the community and we don't need to get into all that, but it just changed to a point where you wanted to do something different and do it kind of your way. Yeah. So, so what was, what was the motivation to open up that gym and, and, and kind of a really cool story is it took you two years to find a location mm-hmm. and you yeah. fought through all of that. Yeah. Uh, with a, a lot of help from my husband. Um, yeah, the, the gym that I was at, we had something really special. And then at a certain point, Katie left and moved back home. So then that she was missing from my life, which was very hard or my day to day life. Um, and then, yeah, the community started to just kind of, kind of fizzle times. People were coming at different times. Um, life got in the way. We all became grownups at that time. So that was a big part of it. And so it was just one of those things where it was just not the same. And uh, I was kept talking to my husband about the community and he's part of that same community. I mean, he, he's definitely been there for um, a huge part of it. I think it's since 2009. So he understood what that community was all about. And it was something that was so special. And it was just one of those things like, why aren't we doing that? Why aren't we pursuing that? And I was scared because I didn't want to fail. Um, and so I left uh, Valley CrossFit and I just kind of moonlight everywhere. I kind of coached at a few different gyms. Um, and at that time I was very clear, like we are looking to open our own gym. I'm happy to coach here, but as soon as we find something, I'm going to leave. And so it was actually a, a lot of pushing from my husband and he had found gyms or like locations we could go look at. And I, every time I'd walk in and be like, this one's too far or this one's, you know, too small. And then finally we found one that was legit uh, half a mile from our house. And I walked into it and it was this tiny, tiny gym. And I'm coming from Valley CrossFit, 20,000 square feet. It's a humongous facility. And so I'm like, I don't really know how this is going to work. And he like sat me down and he said, listen, if we fail, we have to fail small. Like we can't just put everything in there and just fail big and then not be able to recover for the rest of our lives. We're going to like, this is the best option. This is really the only option. And so I was like, okay, let's make it work. And so, uh, we started the transformation of this building. It was, it needed so much work. And I'm so fortunate that my family, uh, my dad is a contractor. My mom has worked for him uh, for a long portion of her life. And so they got in there, they helped us. We were just for a month, right before the games, we were just dirty, getting this gym ready. And um, yeah. And September 1st, we opened our doors. We got the keys on August 1st and September 1st, we opened our doors and we started our gym with 50 members. And it was just 
you know, so cool. It was one of those things where I just posted something on my social media saying like, I'm going to open if anyone was interested. Um, we had a founders club and so people got a really uh, amazing rate and yeah, I feel so special because I think without those 50, just having the confidence of 50 right off the bat, it would have been a different story. Um, but to have, I'm going to get emotional because it's like still so profound. Like those individuals believed in me, even though I really didn't have anything to show them that I was going to be able to provide them. There was no gym yet to show them. Um, and even when we first opened, we didn't even have a rig. It was being built and painted and stuff. but we had to get real creative in how we were going to do things. And um, yeah, it's, it's been such a wild ride. It's been six years and, you know, while it's exhausting and I'm still working basically the same amount of hours, um, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it for the world. I still get so excited for the first pull up, which we got today. One of our members got his first pull up and that so never gets just, old. It never gets old. It's so cool. I think I was more excited than he was, but it's just so special. And um, I just love that. And this, and really right now it's even more special because we're able to provide a service to people who might otherwise not be able to, you know, get out and socialize. You know, we have, we're outside, we have six feet of distance between everybody or more. Um, we're lucky we have a pulp rig outside and so we're able to kind of continue our fitness journey um, with everybody being safe. And so um, I think it's really cool. We've also been an opportunity to introduce people who would live at 24-Hour Fitness because they can't go there, gyms are closed. They've tried out what we have to offer. And I think we have some converts and um, that's really special too. We've had an opportunity to show a, a bigger demographic what CrossFit's all about and why the community is so special. Did you always have an outdoor space or was that something you had to develop because of COVID or? Uh, we always had a back parking lot, but it wasn't ours. It actually, we have, we're actually on a lot that has two other businesses. Um, and so we are um, paying to uh, rent this big, I don't know, it's like just under 2,000 square feet of uh, space uh, for our outside um, spot. Right now it's getting a little misty, so I don't know how that's going to go. Rain's going to come eventually, but. Uh, so are you guys yeah. still in that original location then? Yeah, we are. Yeah, it's really cool. So it's still really tiny. Like our gym is still really tiny. Our, I mean, our members laugh at us or people who come from a different gym, they laugh because everything has a spot and everything has to be perfect. So like the plates are always stacked straight up. The numbers are up, you know, everything has its place so that we can maximize our space. Um, but yeah, it does come off as a little, a little anal. But when you walk into our gym, the first thing people do notice is, it's very tidy. It's very clean. Uh, and that's one thing we do pride ourselves in. So I don't, if they want to call me anal, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a question about your logo. It is a very unique and very cool logo, which is, it looks like, a, like an oak tree almost. Maybe it's mm -hmm. a different kind of tree uh, with rings hanging out of it and really thick roots. Mm -hmm. Is there some symbolism to that or was it just something that looked good? Um, it's a little bit of both. Uh, I We were trying to find a logo forever. We had, were working with a designer and um, he was just like, what do you want on there? And we're, we were trying to go back and forth like a kettlebell. It was just not something that we wanted. It was definitely a little bit more generic. We wanted something that we could stand alone if we really created a brand. Um, and so it was just back and forth. Our designer was like, tell me your spirit animal. Maybe we can put that on there. And it was like, I'm not putting like an elephant on our logo <laughs> or something like that. And I always have been fascinated with trees. Uh, I think trees are just so pretty and special. It's also something my dad has, my dad really likes looking at trees and I'm sure that's where I get it. But I think trees are just so cool. And so we were just like, throw a tree in there and see what it looks like. So we got the logo back and we we're like, uh, that's kind of it. We're not there yet, but we want something. If it's going to be called training yard, we want it to feel like a backyard space, a place where people could go to 
just chill and hang out and have fun and my husband's like well what if we put something in the tree and he and then we were like okay let's see what rings look like and as soon as we got the rings back we were like yeah that's it that's a place that you want to go play at and so it just kind of brought it all together and so we kept the colors very you know minimal black and white make it simple you know it can be timeless at that point and yeah i think we we really nailed it that tree is like super cool um the nothing to the roots but i really i might steal that from you scott and like <laughs> and use like the deep deep roots in there <laughs> oh it's when i looked at it and i and i watched your video first and saw the, the logo kind of the what you were saying spoke to me about the community and the roots of that company of that community and then i saw the tree with these thick roots and i was like it's got to mean something well, it does now. <laughs> uh, I have an obsession with trees, and I'm sitting in my tree room right now as we're. Oh, you have a tree room? <laughs> well, I mean, it's just my dining room, but it's where I display all my favorite tree pictures and stuff. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I have a lamp that is like, uh, it has a nice little trunk, and then my dad made this copper, like, tree it's got it's all cut out so it just looks really really cool i like i love all different things that are trees it's so cool there's they're amazing they're so resilient so it's really a neat little thing so so in your video i heard you talking talking about coaching and when i heard you talk about coaching like in my mind i was like she is meant to this is her calling like to be a coach and you made the statement that every person deserves your time and I want to get the other one just right. Uh, every and uh, coaches are not facilitators. They're there to, to, to perform a task and everybody deserves your full attention. So everybody deserves your time and everybody deserves your full attention. I love that. It's not just about counting down the clock and saying when it's time and making sure that you're done on time. It's about being a coach during that time and giving everybody your full self. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it's something that is really important to me. I mean, if you're going to pay me and our membership is, you know, it's along the lines of what everyone else pays, it's on the higher side. And so I feel like if you're going to spend that much money for my product, I'm going to give you everything I can to make it worth your while. Um, and so, yeah, you deserve my time. I need to make sure that I'm focused on you and I'm taking your concerns into consideration. Um, but I also wanna make sure that when you're doing your workout, we keep the integrity of the movement and we're not just kind of throwing stuff out there. We're gonna make sure we're safe and we're gonna make sure that we are keeping ourselves like on the standard because I don't want you to walk away from my gym and everyone goes, well, his time was fast, but it doesn't really count. Um, and I feel like that's really important. I have a lot to offer and, you know, I can help you move better uh, if you let me. Um, and I think that is the job of the coach. The coach is not there to just say, like you said, count down the clock and tell you you have five more minutes in class. Um, it's a performance and I am here to give you that performance and I want to enrich your life. That's what I want you to do. I want to enrich your life. And if you tell me like, this is, I don't really want to get better at CrossFit. I'll back off, but I'm still going to make sure that you keep the integrity of the standard of my gym and the movement itself. But for the most part, people really welcome the corrections. And I mean, it's not for everybody. Some people want to be left alone and it's probably not going to be a good place for them at our gym uh, only because like I want to be involved in your life. I'm going to talk to you about your kids. I'm going to ask you how whatever event was um, that you did uh, earlier in the week. I'm going to try to remember that thing because I want you to feel important. And ultimately, that's what it is. Uh, everyone deserves to feel important. Um, and so I'm going to really do my best to make that. I've fallen short many times. Um, I've learned from them. Um, and I think that's all that we can do as human beings is just learn from things and grow. And that's the same thing for fitness. I am continually teaching myself and learning from others 
um, how to be a better athlete and how to be a better coach. And I'm going to bring that right over to all of my members um, and anyone really who's willing to listen. I love that. Um, I think that probably the most important thing of a coach is to build relationships with people um, because you want to enrich their lives. And I think it's so much easier for an athlete um, to accept feedback from somebody you have a relationship with. Like if you spend the time to establish this rapport with them, otherwise, you know, certainly when there's drop-ins and stuff, you're offering them coaching. But I, I think it's so much easier to hear and accept that feedback from somebody when they know this is somebody who cares and wants me to, to get better and move better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree with that 100%. Um, and even, and you know, you can ruffle some people's feathers even when you have that relationship. But, you know, I make it a point, especially for people who I can tell, um, for, I have one gift and that gift is I can read people pretty well. I fall short sometimes, but pretty well. So if I know that I've pissed somebody off, I'm just like, hey, I'm not trying to harp on you. I'm just trying to you know, help you get better or learn this skill. It is worth learning a part of this skill, whether it's a C and D or an actual pull up or a bar muscle up. Like it's just good to, you know, get people out of their comfort zone. Um, but yeah, it's really important with the relationships for, you know, everybody. I think you do, are you are able to um, get your point across a little bit easier. In, the, in that same video, you say that you're not a great coach which I would, I would argue with, I think, because your priorities are right, you are a great coach. But I think it, what you're trying to say is you're open to, to continue, continue to learn and be a better coach, uh, which is awesome. But there's a point in your, that video where you have one of your members tell a story. And I, I cried physically, and I'm a big sap, uh, but it, it's, the, it's the woman who um, has the tumor, and you ask her to come in to talk to you, and she has to tell you that she has to go through 12 rounds of chemo. And what you tell her is, if all you can do is show up and watch, show up and watch, just so that you're still a part of this community and we can be around you. So it's more than just an air squat. It's, it's, about, it's about loving on the people that you can. Yeah, I mean, um especially, I mean, currently in current times, this is a very secluded world that we're in right now. And, and that's something that she was, she might have had to go through on her own, but I wanted her to understand that there are so many people around here, even if they didn't know what was going on, that would just, you know, talk to that individual. I think it's, so we, we all want to belong in something. We all want to have that feeling of belonging. Um, and so, yeah, if people, you know, are nine months pregnant and no longer can work out like, okay, come hang out with me. Maybe I'll teach you how to coach or something. Or um, I, I really just want people to feel like they belong. And yeah, I'm, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm a little speechless. I just, <laughs> I have, it's one of those things that you kind of forget about some of those finer points and it like really strikes, still strikes that chord. And, you know, she's still at our gym and she's still there, you know, doing awesome. And um, yeah, we've had, we have had a lot of those cases where people, you know, have to leave for a certain period of time. And it's like, well, no, you don't have to leave. Like you don't have to remove yourself from this community just because you're unable to do fitness. Like, come and do events and, you know, come do pumpkin carving with us and, you know, just still be part of the community because if it's still something you want to be a part of, why can I, why would I hold that away from you? You know, just because you're not paying a membership. Um, so yeah, she's, she's really special. She's, I mean, everybody, all of my members are, I like it because I can take any one of these members to coffee and just sit down with them and learn a little bit more about them. And it would be like, Oh, that was such a good time. I just think that's so we're all very different human beings, all of us. And it's just cool to learn from each other. Well, I think you're special for doing that and being a coach like that, but let's, let's move into some fun topics and, and, <laughs> and just like have some fun to kind of finish off the hour. And um, I was doing some research uh, through your Instagram and through different things like that. I love your Friday finds. 
<laughs> how did how did you come up with that concept? And and I love it because it's a way to share with the community in another way. I've fallen short on these posts the last couple of weeks. I'm gonna have to say, but um, yeah, Friday finds well. Here's how it transpires. Um, sometimes you can't talk about some of the hot topics that are going on in the world and in our country. And so sometimes when you're going through a warm up or there's a bunch of introverts in your class, sometimes it's really hard to start a conversation. It's just like, you gotta get it going. And so I start talking about Trader Joe's because it's a company that I feel is very much similar to that community aspect. And um, they really, you know, pride themselves in being good, a good, um, uh, addition to uh, the community that they are in. And so I talk about what I find at Trader Joe's and I talk about different products and my experiences. And so it was one of those things where I was like, I'm just going to do Friday finds and see if anyone really likes this. And um, yeah, Fridays aren't the best days for me to do it because <laughs> I don't have any time, but um, yeah, I'll get back on it. I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> I'll do this one for you. <laughs> awesome. uh, but yeah, I just think, you know, Trader Joe's has so many cool things and it's, you know, it's an affordable place. And there are a lot of people that are like, Oh, I don't really shop at Trader Joe's. And it's like, what, how could you not? <laughs> There's so many amazing, good tasting things there and, you know, great prices. So I might, might as well share it. <laughs> So one of the other things I found is you, you're eating a soft pretzel and that is a soft place in my heart. That is, <laughs> that is probably the, my favorite food in the world is a soft pretzel. And so you were eating a shappy pretzel I and was. said it was the greatest pretzel you ever had. It's still the greatest pretzel I've ever <laughs> had. <laughs> We, we I, I'm probably going to order some this weekend. So it's um, Adam Shapiro is an actor. And I think during COVID, he wanted pretzels. I don't really know the exact story. But he started making these Philadelphia style pretzels and um, just put them online to this kind of like a pop up style and said it'll be at this bakery from Friday to, I think it's Saturday night, and you can pre-order, and you can pick them up, and um, yeah, you, you get them that day. They make them that morning, and then you pick them up, and they're still fairly warm. They're so fresh. Oh my gosh, if you ever come, I don't even know where you're at. What state are you in? So I'm in Columbus, Ohio. Amy and I are oh, okay. both in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense while you're at the Mayhem Classic too. <laughs> but yeah, if you ever come to our neck of the woods, we'll get pretzels because I, I mean, if you found a better pretzel, let's, let's do this challenge. But oh my gosh, it's, it's so good. I just can't even explain like, it's the best pretzel I've ever had. So it's funny you say you described it because I grew up in Pennsylvania. So I've been to Philadelphia and I've had the Philadelphia pretzel and it is the best pretzel I've ever had. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, bring it anybody out there who wants to tell me a different, but you, I mean, I, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's definitely better when it's fresh. So if you wait, I mean, I, I had one right out as soon as I got them, I ate one right away and I don't feel guilty at all. Um, <laughs> And then I had one later that night. Well, it was still good. It was still, it kind of dried out a little bit, but it's phenomenal. I just cannot tell you more how it's the best pretzel ever. That is really cool. And I, <laughs> they are my favorite food. I've had so many of them, but nothing like I've had in Philadelphia. You got to find one in Ohio. I have not find, found any in Ohio <laughs> that are near as good. Okay, we'll keep trying. I, it's I will. worth it's worth trying. <laughs> it is because because a bad pretzel is still pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Put yeah. some mustard on it. Yeah. <laughs> so, awesome. Um, I was gonna bring up. So there's been a couple of times where you've done some Instagram post where my friends have tagged me in it and said, "Ha ha ha! Look at this!" Because you're dancing. <laughs> and I dance all the time. Like I'm the coach at our gym that's known that when there's an imam, I spend the rest time dancing. 
<laughs> oh, so what what type of music like what's your kind of jams or it makes you feel like you want to you want to dance during an emom or just you know it's it's just a feeling that i get inside i can't even explain really um yeah it's when i'm feeling my goofiest however uh weddings weddings are so fun to dance with i'm not talking about having any alcohol it doesn't matter how you dance at a wedding it's just so fun i don't know if i've given myself like the permission to be as silly as i want at a wedding but get me on a dance floor at a wedding and it is on and even if the dj is not that great i can definitely feel feel the moment it's all the love in the air i think but yeah, I, I, I don't dance regularly um, unless I, I really feel that the beat or the groove. So, and I can dance to any music. It doesn't even matter. Um, give me country, give me alternative. It doesn't even, yeah. It's just that feeling inside. <laughs> yep, totally relate. <laughs> I think the famous dance is when you are trying to open training yard. And yeah, I think you had a broom, broom in your hand, a broomstick. Yeah. <laughs> It's a meme. You can search it on your phone and you can, it's a meme. So yeah, that one, I don't even know who did that, but kudos to that person. Cause I use that one all the time. <laughs> yeah. That, that's when you know you've made it when you, when they make you into a meme. <laughs> I have to agree. That's a, definitely a strong one, but even better. This is how I know I've, I've made it and it has nothing to do with any of my CrossFit. It's when you walk into some sort of like restaurant or coffee house and you walk in and they have either your order ready or they say, Oh, Hey Becca, how's it going? Do you want the regular thing? That's when you know you've made it because it doesn't matter where you're at. If you've been in there and you've made an impact in somebody's life that they remember your name, that's freaking cool. Yeah. You know? There was a Greek place. It was a hole in the wall, it was just a hole in the wall. And I went there all the time. Greek, the Greek salad was amazing. And after a while, they, I, they, they'd pick up the phone and they'd be like, "All right, are you getting the regular, Becca? Are you gonna add beans to that?" And I was like, "Sure." And I literally hung up the phone and I was like, "I've totally made it." <laughs> That's great. So the one of the other topics I want to talk to you about is you're a dog lover. Mm-hmm. Tucker. Tucker, yeah, Tucker's here. He yeah. looks so pitiful right now. Oh, he's popped his head up for you. Aww. But yeah, Tucker's here. He's the uh, most loving dog ever. He's just so cool and so cute. Um, but yeah, we allow dogs in their dog area at our gym. So they have a dedicated grass area that they can go ahead and they can be there um, as long as they're nice and they're nice to people and other dogs. But yeah, I, I love dogs. I feel like I'm I'm kind of a dog. Not in the bad way, but the good way. <laughs> the funniest thing is um, Amy and my other co-host Kat are dog lovers. And every time my guest shows the dog, they make sounds. And so the camera goes away from your dog to them ooing and awing <laughs> over the dog. I tried to pause. <laughs> I did. I tried to pause. And then make the ooing and awing. Yeah, you, oh. you paused for a minute. So we got to see Tucker and then and then Amy did the pause. The... <laughs> yeah, you can kind of see him now. Look how pitiful that is. That is the he is the best at making the most pitiful face. I feel guilty. It's like you haven't walked me yet today. It's <laughs> so combining one of these topics, you actually did a Friday finds with Tucker. Mm-hmm. I sure did. <laughs> I mean, Trader Joe's has plenty of dog stuff. We have to, you know, we can't just talk about food at Trader Joe's. We've got other things there. Wait till my wine post. Wine <laughs> is much cheaper at Trader yeah, Joe's than anywhere else. It's a little bit more expensive now, but. Oh yeah, it's a little bit more expensive, but you can elevate it to a different brand and um, get some nice tasting stuff. All right, so I also wanted to talk to you about Reebok. You have been with Reebok since 2011. Mm -hmm. That's a really long relationship. Yeah. And you got, and I think one of the most innovative advertisements was done this year for the Nano X, which you were a part of. 
-hmm. And it was like a TikTok-ish video where you guys put the shoes on, took them off, and then threw them to the next person. How fun was it to be a part of something like that? Oh, it's it's been amazing. It's one of those things where I pinch myself regularly and just like, I can't believe that Reebok is still sponsoring me. Um, it's very special. Uh, I know that that's eventually going to go away. That could go away next year. Um, but it's been such a great ride. And they are, I think it's really, they are more than just a company supplying goods. Um, they do care. I do consider all of the people that I have come in contact with as my friends. They genuinely care about me um, and ask me about things that don't pertain to our contract. Um, and I think that's really cool. So being a part of it right now during COVID and really trying to bring in that shoe and kind of making it so that it was a part of the community. It was about all of us athletes, you know, coming together and just kind of like, you know, even if it wasn't real, you know, getting into each other's homes and um, just being part of that campaign was uh, very, very special and um, and really fun. Like, how creative is that? I could never have thought of something like that on my own. So for whoever brought that, I think it was uh, Brett Bukowski um, that um, thought of it. And so he, that was so brilliant. And I think it's so cool that Reebok was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's run with that. And let's see how that kind of unfolds. Uh, and it was really awesome. And there was actually a lot of people who did the, kind of a similar type of thing with uh, either Reebok shoes or um, other, other products, but it, it was fun. It was a fun one. Yeah, it was great. It, and I loved how for social media, they made it like an infinite loop. So mm -hmm. when the last person threw the shoes, it goes right back to Annie. I think Annie was the first one and it just keeps yeah. running. Uh, so it was really cool how they did that. Well, the last question I have for you for this hour is um, you also met your husband through CrossFit. So not yeah. only was it your community and your, what you were, your calling, what you were meant to do, but you found your husband. And so how did you guys meet and how did that all kind of start? Um, well, we met, man, a long time ago. We met in, I think it was 2009. Um, and he walked in to take a class. I uh, tried us out uh, at Valley and he walked in and I happened to be coaching. And so I got him set up and it was one of those things where the second I saw him, I was just like, Oh my gosh, this guy is so handsome. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, he's so cute. Um, and then I took him through a workout and I was like, you know, CrossFit can be very aggressive. We need to kind of scale down. Let's do that. And so he did the workout. He did pretty good. And then he left and he came back the next day and I was like, how do you feel? Are you sore? And he's like, no, I went to 24 hour fitness afterwards and got more of a workout. And I was like, Oh, really? And so that next workout, I was like, you're doing this RX. It was not a smart move. I wouldn't do that now as an owner. But um, <laughs> at the time, I was like, I'm going to freaking destroy this guy. And I'm going to really show him what CrossFit can do. Um, and yeah, he just kept coming back and kept taking classes. And then, you know, just slow. It was one of those things where it wasn't very immediate. It was three or four months of just you know, seeing him here and there. And then all of a sudden as a group, we would used to, we used to go to breakfast. And so there'd be like 15 of us and he'd start to join us with breakfast. And then it just kind of like, it just flowed very nicely into like, then one night we went to dinner and then it was kind of like history from there. Um, and it's just been really cool. He proposed to me and then I was coaching another class and he interrupted with questions for, like a double under rope climb workout. And it was one of those things where um, he did it all in front of our friends. And so I think it was just super cool that, uh, it, like I said, CrossFit has just been part of my life and has changed my life in so many different ways. It's just, you know, amazing. And now here we are um, running our own gym and establishing relationships. And we haven't had a proposal yet, but maybe one day. <laughs> So the real question is, did he ever admit that he got sore or was he just trying um, to show off to like impress you? No, he, he actually <laughs> just said that um, it was the fact that he used to go to 24 hour fitness for like two or three hours and work out. And so he left, you know, the hour class 
with a 20 minute workout and was like, that's it. That's all I needed to do. That's, there's no way. So he just hadn't bought into the CrossFit methodologies. And so, um, yeah, pretty soon afterwards, I think it was like maybe two or three weeks of doing that in 24 hour fitness. And then all of a sudden you walk around in 24 hour fitness and you're like, I don't really know what to do anymore. Those are like really weird machines with cables. And uh, I think I'm going to go back to CrossFit where it's, it's going to push me a little bit more and you don't have to think about it. So yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't being too tough. It was just that he just didn't really understand fully what CrossFit could do. And uh, he found out real fast. Well, I want to thank you so much. Um, this has been a fun hour. You are, you're an amazing woman. I've always wanted to talk to you. Uh, and so glad that you came on the podcast. Well, thanks for asking me. I had a lot of fun. I can't believe it's been an hour. That was so fast. Yeah. I, I know we didn't talk much about your career, but you've done that on other stuff. And we just wanted to learn more about the fun side and kind of your coaching. Well, this, is the, this is the fun part about any podcast is not really knowing anything, you know, about the person in that aspect. So I really, I really enjoyed this interview. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And good luck in, in, in recovering and in, in next season. We'll be rooting for you. And hopefully we see you at one of the sanctionals coming up. Oh, I'm sure you will. And hopefully I'll be back in Ohio soon. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see. There's no plans for it, but hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's always the rogue event with the legends competition. So. Well, let's hope that comes back for sure. Yeah. Awesome. No more competitions online. <laughs> Well, thank you, Becca, and uh, have a great day and a great week, and, and we'll talk to you soon. It was great Thank you so you. much. Nice talking with you guys. Have a good day. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.